0: You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Yes, yet another edition of Soccer Talk in the Park. Uh, DW here in with uh, Dan O'Drummond. Hey, buddy and D. Govender. What's going on? I was expecting the, the heat. You know what? I was going to do it, and I figured, <laughs> no, nah, I do it one time too many. Oh, and then right. absent, but you'd see the microphone set up here in the lovely little booth, is the microphone for Chuckles O'Toole, who is uh, MIA. Oh, just in case he slips in. Just in case he decides <laughs> to pop in. and Might not be uh, missed, though. Might be the best show. Oh, we got a special guest, we though, We no? do have a special guest, and in the background, uh, via WhatsApp, on uh, DW's phone and uh, and his wife's phone is the glue the glue of the SBDSA. Graham Dixon how you doing Graham You're ah, <laughs> doing fantastic guys <laughs> <laughs> That's special isn't it It's it is special. I was going to give you the applause but that'll happen at the end
1: Yeah Graham we've got a you we've got a professional setup here now we've got a, we've got a pretty much a banner here with our logo you know new microphones a new board everything I mean <laughs>
0: We're calling you from, the you're calling us you're exactly. Yeah. Special effects are off the chart, guys. They are. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't want to hear the special effect, like, <laughs> something like that means you're in trouble. <laughs> 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 he likes the goat. <laughs> yeah, he likes the goat. Uh, so uh, so how are you doing, man? How's it been since you've been in England? It's, it's been a whirlwind
2: experience, uh, you know, coming to Liverpool, supporting Liverpool. Uh, it was a bit of an up and down last year uh, in the city, uh, you know, losing out on the on the Premier League title, but then winning Champions League and, and oh, yeah, yeah, actually that game. being...
1: Oh, we won the Champions yeah. League? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it was probably amazing for Liverpool fans back home, but I can't even express how crazy it was over here. Um, It was just, you were in a dreamland. Like it it was amazing. I smashed my phone and it's broken now. (laughs) Uh, So it it was, it was the best experience. Um, So it it was definitely a change getting settled in here and and how things are, but uh, it was, it's been an experience that I'm glad I'm definitely, I've done.
0: Well, that's, it's it's something you, more people in the world would love to be able to do what you've done, sort of just, Pick okay, we're, we're packing up everything and we're, we're moving to Europe oh, or we're moving to somewhere else in the world just to, uh, to have the experience and to travel. So kudos to you to be able to pull that one off, buddy.
2: Yeah, thank you. I recommend it to anyone that doesn't have. Kids? You know, anything <laughs> tied. Kids uh, or is tied down, um, definitely try it because, uh, you know you can always
0: go back to where you come from. So, well, I mean, I I gotta be staying put for a while. I was going to say that that puts, (laughs) that puts Dado out of the mix right now. That's my new nickname, I guess from Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Dado. Oh man. So you're obviously seeing a ton of footy. Uh, I know there's, you know, the lot, the the few times that I've been over there, there's not a ton of it on television. Mm. Um, It's more, you have to see things live. Is that the case? That you're finding?
2: Uh, well, I mean, obviously you can do some shady things that can <laughs> get you the games. I'm not saying I condone it or do it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, um, most of the games are kicked off at 3 o'clock here. So the 8 a.m. games on the Saturday uh, back home. Mm-hmm. And those aren't allowed in England to be televised. Uh, so reason for that is all footy here is played on a Saturday. So it they basically don't televise the three o'clock games because that's when lower leagues play and they want people to support their, their local teams, the lower, uh, lower league teams. Uh, and so they do, they basically just don't play the premiership games there. So, uh, anything that's Friday night, Monday night, Saturday mornings, or uh, uh, and Saturday evenings, they'll play, but those three o'clock games,
1: they want yeah. yeah that's what i've known is from my time as well just being over and traveling there and spending some time there is that i think even like local clubs even even out of the professional Ooh. divisions like they want you to go and support your local team so that's kind of why it's blacked out a little bit but makes sense i mean i can understand it as well so i'm watching dw play with the deck here so if you figure something <laughs> out
0: no, no, keep,
1: keep going. He's, he's, giving me the, he's giving me the signal to keep talking. So I guess it's my show now, uh, Graham. So uh, it's great. I've been waiting for this opportunity. Uh, I really think I could take it and, and do something great with it. Um,
0: <laughs> he likes that one,
1: but in, in truth, he wants to give me the goat sound. But um, yeah, I feel like it's, it's, it's crazy that a year has gone by already or, or just over a year now. Um, I know we'll jump into the footy and whatnot, but in regards to Caroline, like how is she doing in regards to settling in and whatnot? Pretty good with work?
2: Uh, she's loved it. Uh, she's been able to work from home. So, Close. I mean, that's been a big change for her, but it's, you know, allowed her to do a whole lot more online shopping and cost us a whole lot more money. <laughs> and, uh, she wants <laughs> every delivery. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon Same Prime, here we come. Mm. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: So, yeah. Just, Amazon Prime. just to update even us and probably the listeners as well. So you've just landed in Newcastle from your move to... Uh, from liverpool is that right
2: yeah so uh, we spent pretty much a year in liverpool and then i was offered a job that i couldn't didn't really want to turn down in newcastle and it was like well why not continue this adventure and move across the country here Mm -hmm. which is you know a drive from edmonton to calgary uh and yeah so we've just moved this week actually uh just starting to settle into our place and and the city and Uh, it's something that I don't think people would put on their map to go to, but for a few days experience, it's amazing. city.
1: Yeah, no, that, that's awesome, man. I mean, it's funny enough. I actually have a friend, um, who my wife went to school with Lindsay went to school with, and, uh, she's actually in Newcastle for med school. So it's, it's strange that two of my friends or two people I know from Edmonton are both, uh, both in Newcastle right now of all places. So small world, but at school, you're enjoying the city. I sent a uh, picture to Sean uh, Lou there who's from Newcastle and he was just loving it. So that picture you sent was at the backyard or was that from your condo or what? Uh,
2: uh, which picture was it? <laughs>
0: Was this on the calendar? Ah, that's what it was. Yeah. Wow, what picture was uh, this? <laughs> I tell you, we could go. We could go a whole bunch of places with that one. No, because I
1: feel like she's shopping for a reason. It looks like he's living in a mansion. He's backing onto water. You know, he looks like he's wow. downtown. Yeah.
2: Wow, um, I think he's the mayor of Newcastle. <laughs> it's a, it's amazing what a good photo can do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, no, we're, we're it's it's we're about i'd say about a three five minute walk from getting onto the river which is an amazing sight, and uh they've got crazy braided architecture in this in this place so mm. it's, it looks really cool it's a cool city it's lots of interesting buildings and hills and everything like that so nice. uh yeah we're excited to explore it
1: that's awesome man that's awesome we're just we're we're Having Charles O'Toole join us shortly again to my show, as we said, it's it's my show now. DW is not really talking again. So, <laughs> Graham, um, throughout throughout the time that you've been there, have you been able to? I know the Premiership is 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 the main league and things like that. And have you been able to go out either and seeing some of the local, like you know, Sunday league stuff? or Have you been playing at all? He like, is the Sunday league. What, what's Sid going on? of
0: the Sunday
1: league.
2: <laughs> 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 um. I've only seen just like, real, like lower amateur, uh, leagues within Liverpool. Uh, so I actually joined one, uh, nice. the Liverpool Premier League, uh, and joined a club called Alumni. So played some games there, but it's, it's such a different beast compared to back home, the way the, uh, like even open age and, and kids, get, uh, leagues are run. So it's, It's so different, but, uh, it was, it was interesting getting involved in it and, you know, like, like back home, uh, it was, it was actually easy to get into a club and, you know, fit in. People were very accepting. Um, another thing I joined was just like a casual pickup game, which I haven't ever really found back home, but every Monday I'd go and just meet 14 different guys and we just play seven aside.
1: Nice. So just to touch on the open age, was that pertaining to youth you were saying or for the men's division?
2: So open age is like like our adult league back home. So if you're, I think if you were 14, wow, a 14-year-old male, you can play. But I mean, it's like, you don't see 14-year-old plays like 16 and over play playing yeah. it. I'm I'm just waiting to 35 when I can feel young again, essentially.
1: So do they, do they do the same setup then? Essentially, they're over 35s the league, and then you're going to be the best player on the pitch type of thing, or what? Uh, technically, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> there it is. There it is. Um, I could like we we back home in our adult league, like we essentially have EDSA, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, obviously Sherwood Park has uh, a small adult program that we run and St. Albert, I think, is yep. still running a small one. But here it is absolutely insane. Like the, the the league I was in, it's called the Liverpool Prem League. It's got three divisions. And then there's a one called the Liverpool Old Boys League, which isn't your 35-plus league. It's just called that. Mm-hmm. It's, got, it's got three divisions, but it's lower than... The Premier League, like so, I mean, I was one step away from, or like one step away on the pyramid for getting into the FA Cup. That's so, awesome. With the team I played with. Wow. That's brilliant! That's absolutely brilliant.
1: So I'm assuming you're not I mean, you're not working while you're up there now. You're going to go to Newcastle, train, and get on a team that can get you in the FA Cup.
2: I mean, I might. Be picked up by Newcastle United. You never know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. What you keep saying that um, you know the league play and the standard and everything. I, I can just for the people that are listening. What's so crazy about it? Is it the culture? Is it the tacos that are going in? Is it the refereeing? Like w- what makes it so vastly different than than really league play for for uh, adult league back home?
2: So with the league I was playing in, uh, and most of the leagues here, anyways. The I find back home in the adult leagues, like you get some good tackles that go in and that. But I find that people are a bit more laid back when it comes into it, especially at the the standard that I played in in Edmonton, which mm-hmm. you know was obviously a higher standard. People seem to like respect each other a little bit more, whereas here, if you get the ball, somebody's coming through you. <laughs> oh, it, <yeah>. doesn't ma- <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you got to work tomorrow. Hey? No, not at all. No one cares. Uh, yeah, it's a lot more physical, uh, physically demanding here. Uh, I would say for sure, and it also with that the referees are much more lenient in say giving out yellows and red cards. Uh, and they get and the referees get absolutely abused as well. the The abuse that is thrown by players is is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I thought I was bad. I thought I was bad for it back home, but I'm, I'm <laughs> like an angel.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny. You say that. I remember when I went over to the UK for a couple of months, um, to have some trials with some clubs. I had some downtime when I first got there where my family was in the Southwest and I actually played on a men's team. So now that you're saying that it's like taking me back to having like the pitches on the hillside by the ocean. And it's just being like I'm looking around being like, oh, this is a lot different. Maybe I shouldn't have brought my white Adidas Predators, you know, (laughs) target boy number one from Canada. Oh man. So no, that's great. That's great that you jumped in. Oh, that's, nice. uh, well, that's usually the rule.
0: Is that yeah. a call? No, no you it's a call text,
1: on text. It's a text. We usually have a rule that if someone calls, uh, maybe we can make it a text that you got well, to read what? it on if, air. If
0: they call, it's c- coming on air. Cause we've, that's my phone we're using that's here. That's going to so. be awesome. That's going to be different. Class. It is going to be <laughs> awesome. Hey, listen, Graham, we're going to take our first break here. So uh, hang in on the line. Got lots more questions. Lots more chat with the glue graham dixon in as uh, as the special guest so you're listening to soccer talk in the park the official podcast of the sherwood park district soccer association we'll be right back today's podcast is sponsored by mr lube taking care of your car on your schedule not ours mr lube And we're back. This is Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. In with Dan O'Drummond, D. Govinder, Charles O'Toole, and special guest, The Glue. Yes, Graham Dixon, all the way from jolly old... Newcastle, England. Yeah, Newcastle. You know, speaking of Newcastle, uh, FC went there two years in a row and played against Newcastle at their grounds, their training grounds. And um, I'm, I'm assuming you're gonna to go to the training grounds sometime just to sort of hang out. It's kind of out of our way, though. I
2: mean, I might I might get a job coaching or playing. Um, <laughs> That's awesome! I think you
1: could squeeze in right now, like on the left wing. Although they just oh, beat maybe. United, though they just beat Man United. Like, let's be real. Yeah. Well, Heck, you could get a uh, game for Spurs right now.
2: <laughs> no, or Man United. You can def- definitely <laughs> play for United. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Um, I wouldn't want to play for United, though. Yeah, you're
1: right. No. Wow. Quick, quick, quick question for you before we transition into the next segment. How excited are you going to be mm. if Liverpool win the title? Don't and you're essentially going back Don't down to Liverpool. Don't say it, I've girl. knocked on wood. It's okay. <laughs> You've got to go back to Liverpool, uh, right?
2: I, I do. Uh, I would. Uh, the only thing is I looked at the schedule when I was coming to Newcastle. Because Newcastle, you can get tickets quite easily. hmm and I was like, okay, I'll go watch the Liverpool game when they're here. It's the last game of the season. No way. In Newcastle. Oh. So it's kind of like a, oh. if they've got a chance to win the league, do I go back to the city and celebrate with the fans or do I try and
0: go to the game? And stay quiet.
1: <laughs> no, stay I don't quiet. even think <laughs> stay quiet, man. Because if Newcastle are safe at that point, I don't even think they're going to really no. care. It's, it's going to be end of the season. It'll be something cool to see. I say you got to go to the game. I you, think you got to go with the game for sure. Would you get seats in There'd the be, uh, supporters section in Liverpool? Probably not.
2: Uh, no. Yeah. No, you need to go to Liverpool.
1: But you, uh, w- you might be able to sit close to them. Because they're upper deck at Newcastle. Uh,
2: they're upper deck, but I've looked at upper deck, and I would need to bring a child to the game because it is the family section. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't have a child, and I
3: don't think I can steal one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Donald! Do <laughs> Donald's got one. Donald has one. <laughs>
2: yeah, Would Donald you, just ship,
0: ship her over. <laughs> Graham, Graham, how about I make a phone call and we see what we can do? Wow! Okay, wow. Billy, big time. We're going to dig into this one. Go on. <laughs> what do you, you mean, make a call. phone call? It's going to make a call. Who, 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 who did I work with all year, or for the last six years of being in this city? Miller. Colin Miller. I've worked with FC Edmonton. Mm -hmm. Who's the striker for FC Edmonton? Oh, yeah. Tommy Tommy, Amiobi. Tommy Amiobi. Where did did Tommy come from? Newcastle. 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 man. So I could make a phone call, and and we'll we'll see. I I can't make promises, but... uh, We'll definitely keep you in the loop there, uh, Graham, and wow. let you know about it's your like you just won
1: something on the radio right now. Jeez. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. has ah. <laughs> got a personal link into Shola Amiobi. Yeah. The family with- Different <laughs> class D W. hey? Well, we'll see. I had no promises. Oh, look I'm at him now. Backpedaling. No. shy about I, I, I it. Quali- all coy.
0: I qualified it first by saying, not sure if it could happen. He but put I'll.
1: his feet up in a cigar and said, yeah, I might make
0: a call or two. So.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll, just make
0: it, I'll make a call for you, Graham. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> (laughs) Okay. So hey, let's let's move on a little bit here. Fantastic that you're uh, enjoying life on the uh, other side of the pond there, and just wanted to get your take. So here we've uh, we as a club have just gotten our uh, Canadian Soccer Association Youth Club Licensing. Um, We're actually still jumping through a few hoops to to make it uh, a permanent finished fixture um, amongst the SPDSA. But that means that we've got this um, player development program that's starting up. Uh, we've gone through a selection already. What are your thoughts, Graham, on let's having a player development program, sort of a high-performance league within the province? And is it something you recall being talked about when you were with the club? And how do you think that might compare... And I, and I know it's apples and oranges, but do you see that type of uh, a thing there in England now where you're at?
2: So I remember when I started with the SPDSA in uh, it would have been 2013 and I was given the, the update on uh, the high performance league and it was coming in right away. So it, it's taken, I think, a lot longer than anyone would have really hoped uh, to come into Alberta. And I think it's put us well behind uh so i think we need a lot of catch up and i think it's not going to happen overnight or even in the next couple years the way it's being thrown out one year at a time so i think it's the step that's needed uh and i think it just needs to get all the clubs essentially on board even if they aren't one of those uh you know right now the founding clubs which i know there's three in the Edmonton area, including Mm -hmm. ourselves. Uh, It's going to take a lot to get the clubs that weren't selected on board. And, you know, instead of wanting to promote their kids into this high level stream and seeing that as their goal, they're going to, I think their goal is going to be to try and keep their kids and try and force them not to go into this, which is obviously the opposite of what is needed for the development
0: of Freddie was, was back home. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on with that. I, I you know, I, I, I'm hoping that there'll be a little bit more positive spin once it gets started and, and literally it's started now. We've, we've already selected two teams um, here at the club for the female and the male side of things, and they'll start playing. This winter, Uh, they've already pulled out of both ESA and EMSA to to play more of a exhibition slash tournament team type setup uh, where they'll travel down south and play teams there and vice versa. The teams down there will come up, plus playing the the two other local teams, uh, St. Albert and uh, Scottish. So yeah I, I I don't know i, I honestly i'm I, maybe you guys around the table here will have yeah, a better can, thought I, as far as the other clubs go that aren't involved,
1: yeah I can jump in a little bit Graham. I think it's I think it's like you said it's it's definitely needed um I think it's fantastic and great that Um, the CSA can back this and the ASA and you know can trickle down to the clubs and we can get this off the ground. I think it's like anything, anything that's new and is going to be a foundation program. There's going to be hiccups along the way, but once things get going, I think parents, players, coaches, officials, administrators are really going to see the difference in quality of what this is meant to be and what it will become in two, three, four, five years down the line. Um, I think it's going to put people... Um, I think it's going to change perspectives really with a lot of people. I think it's going to make the game that much, that much better in this province and in this country. Um, you're always going to have naysayers. We currently have clubs, like you said, that are dealing exactly with that, that these are my kids. I want to keep them. Um, but it's at the end of the day, it's what's right for the individual, um, as a player. And it's what's right as uh, a group of players going forward. So I think, I think in our mindset, this PDP is coming at the right time. Yes, the 06s are a lucky group to have it. Um, it's going to quickly transition into our 07s as well, but th- word's getting around the city, word's getting around the province uh, about this program, and I think it's going to be beneficial to everybody involved.
2: Yeah, and like, it's, it, like I said, it, it's definitely needed, um, especially when you get to the, that age. I think things are starting to separate a bit, and and obviously, you know, as, as players develop, I think the club's not selected. They, they want to make sure that, you know, they're doing their best to develop players to get into it, even if, you know, they come in later Uh, because it it can happen quite easily from, from under 13 to all the way up to under 17. Mm -hmm. I mean, things change. So, so I think that's a big thing that uh, we want to make sure that, that kids aren't selected originally are still looked at in the future, because I think that's something that we've done uh, as a whole in the past where you've you've kept the same thing and you've kept players possibly down, even though they may deserve that chance
0: mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: as, I, as they grow. because Well,
3: that'll only happen like the next years, two, three, and four, that it can do that. Can we look at them? Cause it's been the initial startup. Obviously we can't. So kids that maybe overlooked right now are not going to get in essentially like next year, really. Uh, there's, there is talk mm-hmm. of another intake window in March between March and April Uh, So the kids Mm -hmm. that we possibly missed at that time, we can possibly get them back in then. Uh, But going if they miss that window, then they're going to have to wait a year and then we try again at that time. But, yeah, going forward, you're right. Uh, Next two, three, four years, as we build up to the 14s, 15s, 16s, and 17s, yeah, then kids that are missed, we can definitely get them back into that program.
0: And I think it's an overall mindset that has to change within the soccer community up here in the north and down in the south of Alberta where we are thinking beyond ourselves, beyond our own clubs and thinking how can we progress these uh players within our clubs to that next level. Well, let's park Sh- the ego. Yeah well park I, the eagle. I, I know it is. And and that truly has to be the case. That mindset of parking the ego and 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 just thinking about the players. Okay, well this player was in my program. I've got him to the point or got her to the point where she can now step in and play at the next level. I've done my job mm-hmm. and and it's more people needing to take that Thought process under their wing, and 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 make that the the mandate of each of these clubs that aren't part of the programs.
1: Yeah, I think I
0: think that's a good point,
1: and Graham, we can we're kind of filling you in a little bit as well. But we hosted um, a parent and player meeting a couple of weeks ago now for the PDP, and I highlighted um, probably an important point for especially the parents that are involved. That the only thing parents are hearing right now is PDP. Everything's PDP, PDP, PDP. But really, we and they just think it's a league. Exactly. We entered this coming in to get our national youth club license, right? And everything of the criteria and the foundation behind it and what it means for our organizations and the standards that we have to meet both on and off the field. That's why we entered this. It's really just a byproduct. Well, there's the phone again. It's really just a byproduct that the PDP is coming in. Is a PDP needed or what was an HPL? Absolutely. It's definitely needed. But it's definitely a byproduct of, of all the hard work we're going to be doing in our grassroots and at our club level. Um, And I think it's important that people are under uh, understanding and aware that there's going to be standards set and that's what we're going to be holding ourselves to. So I think the PDP is kind of the cherry on the top for sure.
2: No, what I, what I think is, like you said, like this PDP, uh, you've got one team at U13 boys, one team at U13 girls, correct? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So you look at the work that it takes to get up into that group and it starts you know, at U4, U, U5, U6, uh, and, and all the way up. And so the amount of kids that actually get into it aren't high. So you need to do a lot of work in developing the kids that can can get into it and then developing kids even that don't get into it right away to see if they can then get themselves better and into it. So I don't think the work stops, and I don't think the work is only with that group. I think no, it's you just need the, the same amount of work. Yeah, going to the the youth here, I think what's what's a bit different is, I mean, obviously here the seasons are are so different. Um, they the kids basically follow the school year in terms of their their season. So they start up uh, with preseason in mid August, and then they get going in their season September, and that runs all the way until end of April, and then they get uh, essentially May. June, July off if if they if they want. There there's summer leagues that they can enter, that sort of thing. But all leagues, unlike with us, they all run on a Saturday. Every single league runs on a Saturday or a Sunday. There's Saturday leagues, Sunday leagues. Yeah. And what's good here is you have a lot of players that play Saturdays generally considered the, the higher standard. So you'll have a bunch of kids that are playing on a Saturday league with, you know, the highest team that they can play for. And then on a Sunday, they'll play on a completely different team or a completely different club, but maybe it's a bit more relaxed. Maybe they get to put with their friend. That's either, you know, better than them or, or, or not as good as them. And they get to have a bit more fun on that Sunday, it seems. And the clubs will love that? but yeah, yeah. You get players that they'll they'll play for, you know, one of the top clubs in Liverpool, um, one of the biggest clubs is, is this club called Walton and they have a ton of, ton of teams. Uh, and on a Saturday you'll see, you know, a group go out and then on the Sunday, this kid that was playing on Walton is now playing with his old club, which might be a, a different, a different bannered club doesn't quite produce the same amount of quality, but he played there before he's got friends there and he goes and plays with them on a Sunday. Wow. So, that's very interesting.
1: Um, for sure. That dynamics is really interesting to figure out how it would even be, even start to work over here with us having a couple leagues and, you know, a lot of, yeah. Now yeah. That that being Rex said, program.
0: that being said, Graham, with the, the different uh, elements that you've seen uh, or you're, you're hearing about it, Now, have you actually gone out and seen youth teams play there? And what are your thoughts? If you have at the level of play.
2: So where I worked in Liverpool, it was, was a, a football hub or soccer hub. Uh, and on Saturdays and Sundays, we hosted uh, the youth leagues. So, what I found very interesting actually, on especially the Sundays, I know it would drive me crazy as a coach, but players would show up at, at kickoff and there'd be no warm up, no, no anything, and they just go out and play. Uh, but the way that the players play as well at a young age is extremely different than back home. Uh, I was watching, you know, under 12s play. And the tackles that they're getting into at under 12 is absolutely amazing. And I think it's, you'd see the tackle back home and you'd have players down on the ground. You would have parents going crazy, Mm -hmm. but it's just accepted culture over here. Like, it's just like, you should be getting into tackle. And and learning that right away. Um, another thing that I found interesting is, you know, we might be playing nine side or seven aside, and the commitment is obviously there because they only have for a seven aside team, they have max ten players, which which is really interesting because obviously, back home if we took ten players on the seven aside team. You could run into some big troubles.
1: Yeah, sick school sure. sports, everything else, right? Budget. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. But Gra- I think
2: it's.
1: Sorry, yeah. sorry. Do you think that uh, we're too structured over here? Sorry, say that again. Do you think that we're overly structured in our in our programs over here? I mean, you're talking about a Sunday league. These kids are showing up just to play. It's like almost like street soccer. You get to play with the buddy. You got to go roll around. With here, everything's structured. Everything's like
0: roll around. Never mind.
1: He's done the rise and shine. Okay. Go ahead. That's D. right. That's right. You go, <laughs> go, go
0: ahead, D. I'm sorry. just uh, trying
2: to. Find <laughs> <out>. <laughs> the, the the structure, I would say there's there's structure everywhere uh, there as well. Uh, I think there's a little bit more freedom for players to go out and have some fun with a team, but I think that also comes down to the way the seasons are structured. Like, unfortunately, with you know, in Canada, like Edmonton, especially where our season, our proper outdoor season, runs, you know, only a few months compared to what it really sh- should. It, it makes it hard on coaches, hard on players, hard on clubs to say, "Oh yeah, like take your Sunday off and just do this instead, or or whatever," because you know you you've only got four months. You want to make the most of it with that that team, that club that you're with. Whereas here you've got a full you know, nine, eight, nine nine-month season where you can give a little bit more leeway because you've got them for that long and then they've also got the appropriate break at the end if you want.
3: We, we've been even running into some problems like the last couple of years, Graham. You were part of it the, the two years ago. Like the amount of rain outs we get here now, like if there's a cloud in the sky or anything, a little bit of moisture in the air, they're canceling games or closing fields here. So there's been some teams where... This year alone there was one team that played five games in eight days just to make up the schedule which to me is ridiculous. Like we've got such a short window in which to play like we play maybe mid-May to mid-August. That's all we got for our outdoor season and everything else switches to indoor. So it's a totally different game here. Yeah, we're dealing with totally different
2: yeah. elements. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. And you know what? There's still obviously the rain problems uh, over in the UK uh, because a lot of teams are on grass and right. as you know, it rains, uh, rains a little bit in England. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so, so you will see games that are called off due to, due to rain, but they have actually been built for big football hubs in Liverpool that each of them have three full size 4g pitches wow. that have, that have seven aside, nine aside, five aside markings on them. So, you know, the leagues that we host, you know, they're never canceled. They just play all the time. Um, and the way it was all set up, it's it's extremely subsidized for the teams. So to come on, I think each team, I think for the season to play on our, on the pitches was about 150 pounds a team for a full season. That's per wow. team. That's wow. per team in the league. Uh, awesome. So it worked out to, to like, nothing. Yeah, and yeah, they play awesome.
1: there every weekend. It's a different
0: yeah. class. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Well, And it shows you where the emphasis is with uh, the leagues and stuff there. Like, I mean, because we're such a 3rd world country for football in general. I mean, and, and in the city, it's it's soccer. But even our hockey doesn't like, equate
1: to those costs. I know.
0: Well, I mean, no, but I'm I'm just saying the the because I think if we if we had more of a hub type scenario, like let's say Liverpool has, and I'm I'm assuming that there's a lot of cities within England that'll have these uh, you know hubs that'll host a whole bunch of clubs, mm-hmm. and, and and knowing that they're going to have that many teams come out and utilize the facilities, uh, you would be able to have costs be less, much like the domes here that are popping up. There's honestly the pricing for them is ludicrous. I, I I think some of the pricing for some of the domes per hour are crazy. When think long term, think that instead of trying to earn all your money back in you know five ten years, think long term. That the this this is going to be around for thirty years. Mm. So start thinking that way instead of. I don't know that's a, that's just my gripe for the day. <laughs> Facilities with d dubs so, that may be another podcast. No, that's a whole other <laughs> podcast and has been a couple of podcasts.
2: So so the hubs back back in Liverpool that opened up they all opened up with the premise of you know getting grassroots football going. So uh, what it was is you know for these youth teams um, Saturday Sundays they got their leagues in, the the leagues that wanted to come in for very cheap. The adult leagues, the teams that wanted to come in, they, they paid a bit more. They paid $600 uh, for the year, which basically guaranteed them 18 games, I think. And where they make the money back is... The pub. And make money is... Yeah, well, there's no pub yet. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but cafe sales. Uh, and then during the week, in the evening, commercial, you Rent, know, side, Yeah. Yeah, so for a seven-a-side group, so for 14, 14 guys to go out, it would cost, you know, between 36 and 45 pounds for the hour, which equals, you know, about three pounds per person.
0: Wow, well, that's not too so, so bad.
2: Yeah, so when you put it that way, I mean, that's where you make all the money back um, as the business, but the, their goal is to make sure that grassroots football can play. And. Yeah, it's it's a really good venture for for it, and it actually started in, in Sheffield, moved to Liverpool, is getting built in Sunderland uh, this year, and then I think they're just planning on expanding. Well,
0: that's cool. Hey, listen, Graham, uh, we're we're gonna take our next break. Are you able to stick around for the next segment, or or do you need to to take off here? Now, stay and talk to you, beautiful patient. Ah, there we go. All right. Uh, we've got the glue on the line, Graham Dixon. We're going to hang on to him. We're going to take our next break here. You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, Sherwood Park District Soccer Association's own podcast. We'll be right back. Today's podcast is sponsored by Mr. Lube, fast warranty approved oil and fluid changes. Mr. Lube. And we're back here a soccer talk in the park, the official podcast of the Sherwood park district soccer association, talking with the glue Graham Dixon all the way from, uh, England. Now, pardon me. Well, yeah, I know. England. Newcastle's part of England, is yep, it not? No, you're good. You passed grade four. moved from Liverpool. Liverpool. He's moved <laughs> yeah, from, Liverpool, uh, Liverpool. He spoke from Liverpool. after Newcastle there. That's staying in, isn't it? You know what? It is staying in. Class. Unless Dano, I I'm
2: Dano you need to take over. I'm oh, telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs>
0: Dano, you mean daddo. I'm going to run another podcast Dano. on Wednesdays. DW just won't know. I'll just have to get someone to set all this gear up for me. Oh, thanks. <laughs> That's just what it's all about. Hey, listen, we were talking about leagues and differences and um, some of the things that are going on uh, that you were dealing with in Liverpool when you were there as far as uh, different types of leagues coming up. And we, we started talking off air about the female game and how much it's lacking there. Maybe you can sort of elaborate a little bit on that for us, Graham.
2: Yeah, so it was surprising when I came over, uh, because I ended up working with, uh, some girls that played at what I thought was a pretty decent level, uh, uh, in Liverpool. And so I did some, obviously just did some research and, you know, looked at the, the Liverpool scene for, for soccer and, uh, we touched on the men's having a bunch of, you know, different leagues, different divisions, that sort of thing. Whereas the women Liverpool league local anyways, only has one division of 11 teams. And, you know, you compare that to say EDSA, which, you know, goes from premier all the way down to, you know, tier four division four, but it also branches out into multiple division fours. Like, and then you go into the, the plus 35 divisions and there's a ton there. And there's only 11 teams in a local Liverpool league, which kind of amazed me. So, uh, Did some more digging into the the youth side. And again, we've got ISA, EMSA, our local Sherwood Park, and then, you know, various communities have their local leagues for tons of teams for girls. And again, here in Liverpool, there was, you know, for U13 league, U15 league, there's only two divisions, A and B, which is amazing because, you know, we basically have a full division at U15 just in Sherwood park alone in our community side. So, so while we think that, you know, while we were just talking about how it's really different and big for the boys side, the girls side really, really lacks here, I find. So I think we're doing quite a good job on, on our side back home on the female side for sure.
0: Now, does you think that's got a lot more to do with the culture of, uh, of sport? You know, I would think in, in Europe and England, um, more than anything else? Because, I mean, the culture here, I mean, everybody has an opportunity to play sports from an extremely young age, and things are organized that way here. Is it that much different in England that maybe the, you know, hundreds of years have gone <laughs> by and people are just sort of thinking the way they think?
2: I think for sure. I think that's that's definitely a thing, because, you know, when I spoke with people, a lot of times... Um, Whereas in our kind of educational stream, when you're in, you know, when you're in phys ed, uh, back home, we try tons of different sports, where it seems like over in England, it's like, you know what, you're a, you're a male, uh, you're going to play football soccer in the winter and you're going to play, um, either rugby or cricket in the summer. And then if you're female, you're playing netball in the winter and you're playing field hockey in the summer. And so I, I think a lot of females are a bit pushed away from football, but it, it's it's still very interesting to see how far that how big that gap is in participation. Because you've still got your best female players at you you know, under twelves in, in Liverpool anyways, that I've seen playing on a boys team because they they can't find a girls team
0: that's competitive enough for them. Yeah, which makes sense and it's 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 obviously I don't want to say it's obviously, but but England's national side is actually a decent side and have and have done well um the last couple of competitions that I've seen them in. Um uh, not I don't want to speak for anybody else here, but uh it's amazing to to hear that uh and, and how bad things really are as far as females being involved, because they've actually got a really decent yeah. national yeah. side. They've so, done really well in the last couple of World Cups. Yeah. So
2: I think one, I think one thing that's starting to change here, um, and obviously we're starting to change with the CPL coming in is they've got the, the women's, uh, premier league in that's full-time professional players now, uh, whereas obviously back home, we don't have any of that. If anyone wants to get paid a bit, then they're in the States or, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're trying to push it almost from the top down, it seems here, rather than from the, the bottom up, uh, to get, I think, and I think it's to get girls interested in playing soccer. Uh, but yeah, like it's, it's still very interesting to see the the, the difference in, in boys' participation to girls.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, it's an interesting thing all around just the way the female game is in the different countries. And it's, it's no wonder that, uh, North America seems to take a bit more or had been taking more of a lead in that, in that area. Obviously the rest of the world is catching up and that can be seen by the last women's world cup that we just had, um, that these other countries are starting to compete and, and, and really, show much better than they have in the past. So, we'll, we'll look forward to uh England getting things together in their youth side of the female game. Um we mm-hmm. were going to we're going to touch base slightly uh, on on video analysis because it's something that we as a club and uh, now that we have our national youth license in the works, we now have to have a a platform to break down games and we have to record every game that these PDP teams play in or at least have a copy of the games that they play in so if video analysis what are your thoughts Graham on, on video analysis sort of I know there's pros and cons to it and just, just sort of getting your idea and thoughts as to uh, what you think about the video analysis for these younger players
2: I think if you've got the technology at hand, I think you're wise to use it, but I think you also, you don't want to turn it into a, a massive thing. Uh, I think, you know, we don't want to say, look at a video with a U13 player and see a, a piece of the, the game and say, this is what you should be doing. This is what you should be doing. Cause I think one thing I think we try and do too much of, uh, and, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I think we try and structure our teams a, way more than we, we need to uh, in game situations rather than let them discover themselves, be creative, and we turn them into robots, and eventually that kills the love of a game, I think. So So I think the video can be good if it's done correctly and not overdone for sure. We well, can see that
3: right through our whole... Uh, football association here in Canada. Like, there's no creativity amongst our players. Now, in the next, last couple of years, we're getting your Afonso Davies, we're getting uh, some of these younger guys coming in who have been given a little bit more freedom to be a little bit more creative in their youth and they are starting to bring that to the our national team now. Uh, like, our national team right now, I don't know if you've watched in the last couple of games there, Graham, but uh, they're actually quite interesting to watch and exciting to watch now. They're actually scoring a lot of goals. There's a lot of creative players. There's a lot of uh, younger players being brought into it now, which is, th- I think, a good thing that's happening for it. And I think it's revitalized, I think, more interest again in the game and our national program.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, when when you talk about the best players in the world, like, you, look at your messies in that. They're definitely not players that do everything you want them, you, you know, as a coach that we yell at players to do. And, and, that they they play it by ear essentially on on the field, and we need to give our kids that that uh, that creative freedom. I think, and and let them just love the game, especially at a young age. Uh, 100% you know, 100%. Those... Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Messi. Yeah. Yeah, I know he's the pinnacle, and him and Ronaldo right now for examples. But I've seen so many videos of him now in his prime. You know, from twenty five to thirty two. However old he is now. Of taking on players, dribbling, and they'll do a side-by-side with him growing up in Argentina or growing up in the youth setup in Barcelona when he's 10, 11, 13, 14, whatever. And they're just mimicking each other. It's 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 almost funny. Like, it's just crazy that he's taken those skills and ability that he's obviously blessed with, and he can do it at this higher level, but he still, he still has that freedom, that creativity, like you said. I mean, I think some players mm-hmm. obviously do well and progress in their career because they, they have structured coaching and probably have got to the level because of that. But there's definitely a lot to be said for for youth players and getting that creativity and let them make decisions and let them fail and pick themselves up and learn on their own for sure.
0: And I think that's also, again, sort of coming back to the video portion of things and, and making sure that when you're asking questions of players or where you're trying to show them things, that's where, as you say, Graham, it's it's uh, it can be a very much a positive in in the sense if um the directive for us as coaches is such that we're not squashing that creative part of the player and maybe just giving more sense of direction and, and and thought of well how you could do something or you know here's the possibility within this um and if you did something creative fantastic and and if you don't well here's another idea that we can look at as a as a group and a team to sort of follow suit it's it's i guess my thought is how much do we drum in how we want to play. Because we di- We definitely, as a club, have a philosophy on how we want to play. How much of that is drummed in? And now with this PDP, it's not only the club philosophy, it's the overall CSA's philosophy on how we want players to perform and the tasks that we're ask- asking of them. Like, is, is the tasks that we're asking going to squish that creativity? Or is it going to yeah. allow it to blossom depending on the coaches that are reviewing the tape and, and relating it back to players?
2: Well, my, my opinion is we you've got to look at how you want to use the video analysis because obviously you can look at video analysis and say, these are mistakes we've made and you can go to one-on-ones where they've messed up or they've tried to, um, you know, uh, uh, they've made a poor pass. But generally, players will know that. So I think it's things like... Do you know that when it happens It's things you? where... i don't make mistakes sorry (laughs) sorry
1: go on Um, as you were
2: (laughs) so i think things where it's like you know a player is in a possible one-on-one situation where you want them to be creative and they decide not to because you know you, you almost see fear in them where they may just stop play the ball back and make that safe pass where we could stop that video and say you know what like like Joe, like, why why didn't you why you go back? Why why didn't you have that that um, confidence to take that player on one v one? Because look at the space behind him, rather than something where we stop a video where Joe tries to go one on one, misses, and you go back and say, look at this easy pass you could have had. Like just two very similar instances, but you could just flip it a bit, and and that way you're giving players a bit of freedom, bit of confidence to, to improve themselves. Um, and same with maybe a player like a center back clears a ball because uh, he's under pressure and, you know, maybe it was okay because we, we, we didn't give up a chance but rather than that, say, why don't we have the confidence to just turn our body and then get out to the fullback or something like that? Like, give them confidence to, to play the game we want rather than just harp on you know, mistakes and, and even like more tactical stuff. I'd say keep it technical, but to give them confidence to play good technical,
0: technical football. Wow. That was, that was really well said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it came from England.
1: That, no, I don't know. No, it's now like I'm, he just—it's like he just woke up and got in. You know, he's ruining my show right now. It's oh oh yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> I keep forgetting this is Dado's show. No, every now. top
1: dog has an off day, and hey, it's one of those days for you. It's okay, man. Wow, you know, <laughs> just
0: slagging me galore. <laughs> oh, I know, and, and oh, 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 we're, we're going for a sound effect. Oh. oh, thank <laughs> you, thank you. Yes, fantastic, Dado. It's his show now, apparently. No, it's not just today. (laughs) I brought in the big guns costing us a lot of money to have him. Yeah, you did bring in the big guns. Um, you know what? It, 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 I, I, I've I've lost my train of thought, and uh, at 51 minutes, I will edit that last part. No problem. It's not your day. I told you it's not your day. It is is not my day. But uh, on that note, Graham, we're probably going to let you go here, and we'll wind the show up. but, But fantastic to have you on, buddy. Great to hear the voice. Great to talk with you. And uh, if you're up for it during the year, in particular, if we get through and uh, see Liverpool continue down the pathway they're on, we'll have to uh, chat with you and touch base again on the show um, and get your, get your thoughts on how the league's going. <laughs>
2: Anytime you need a top special guest, you just give me a ring and I'll, and I'll be here for you. Love it. And this is Carolyn's
1: phone so we can speak to her instead of you about football, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Fantastic. <laughs> wow, really, really happy to hear that you're doing really well over there. Super,
0: super cool Good, experience dude. that you're having.
3: Yeah. Good luck, buddy. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk
1: soon.
0: See you, buddy. Chat. All right. Take care. All right. We'll Cheers. see We'll Bye. see you. Bye. Ah, there you go, gang. Graham Dixon on the line. Look at that. All All the way from from England. All the way from the UK. Um, Yeah. And we are going to wind it up there. You've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. So from Dano, Charles, and Dee. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you. You've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association.